This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband, from closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds. We talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. On today's podcast, we talk with the co-founder and CEO of Event Noir, a premier ticketing platform for events that embrace black culture. The company recently won a national startup competition. Learn how the company supports event organizers and business leaders within the black community in a unique way that both celebrates black culture and provides a new path to success. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson. Today, I'm talking with Jeff Osuji, the co-founder and CEO of Event Noir, a ticketing platform for black professionals that recently took home the top prize in the Mountain Dew Real Change Opportunity Fund competition, a national pitch competition meant to support black entrepreneurs. Welcome, Jeff. Hi, how's it going? Good. We're so glad to have you. Quite the award that you guys have won. And um, uh, before we get into what Event Noir does for the Black community, I like to give our audience a little bit of background on who we're talking to. So I'd like to talk about um, who you are, Jeff, and the background that you've had. The company is based in Chicago, but did you grow up there? I actually born and raised in Chicago, grew up on the north side, uh, lived on the south side and west side as well. So um, my parents uh, came to America from Nigeria uh, and they raised five kids here. And so I like to call myself a Shigerian. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the city of Chicago is a bit of an amazing place uh, for me to kind of cultivate uh, both entre- entrepreneurship endeavors, uh, build great relationships. And also one of the things I say about Chicago is one of the best things I've been from Chicago is being from Chicago. So it's also important to get out. And I've been I've had the pleasure of traveling to New York and living in LA as well um, to really build relationships that have helped me launch my businesses. Well, full disclosure, Chicago is my favorite US city too. I don't live there, but I love the city and the food and the people. It's just a great city. Um, I want to pause for a second there. You said your parents came from Nigeria and raised five children. That had to be quite the uh, challenge. I can't imagine coming to a new country and then bringing up five kids and a place that you did not grow up in. What, what were some unique challenges or something that was different about your home than maybe the average American home? Well, think about seven people fighting for a bathroom uh, every <laughs> single morning. Uh, you definitely had to learn how to have grit, right? Um, yeah. Great. I learned team building early, right? I learned not to be uh, selfish early. And so selflessness, um, you know, really working with a team, my brothers and sisters was something I learned really early. And so, of course, we love the Jackson five. We caught ourselves uh, the Osuji five. Uh, <laughs> but what I learned the most was that if you want to get anywhere in life, it's important to not only believe in yourself and be humble, but outwork everyone around you. And that's a testament to my parents who came here, uh, worked as janitors, uh, worked at McDonald's and, and lifted themselves up and earned their PhDs and nursing degrees to be able to take care of their family. So family and community is uh, very important to me. And, you know, my goal is, is to build digital solutions that build community. And that's what we're doing with Avenoir. That's that's incredible that your parents did that. And just it's important to acknowledge that and applaud that. Uh, where where do you fit in the mix of the kiddos? Are you in the middle? Or are you the star, or oldest, youngest? So I'm the fourth out of five, but I'm the middle boy. I definitely act like the middle child. I was the <laughs> one always in trouble in school for speaking out. Um, I was always the one uh, running around the house and being a nuisance. So uh, I'm definitely the middle, a middle child, even though I'm four out of five. 
Uh, your parents have to be very proud of you. You have a strong mar marketing background. Tell us a little bit about your professional background. I know you founded other businesses. This is not the first for you, correct? Correct, correct. Actually, in school, I realized that there was a huge opportunity. Um, a lot of the off-campus venues um, actually uh, needed an opportunity to earn more revenue and realized that um, cultural events for African-Americans were highly inaccessible on campus. And so I started an event company in undergrad that really was my first, taught me my first lessons in business. Um, and so I leveraged a number of marketing tools, uh, emails, uh, text messages uh, to build a database and, and use that to uh, use CRM to build a, a successful business that I then um, traveled to Chicago, traveled to DC um, and scaled my event business um, to uh, just under half a million in my twenties. Uh, and so once I was able to do that, I was able to realize that if you're able to build a relationship with your customers, um, you're able to provide them experience or a solution that improves their quality of life, you can leverage technology to do that everywhere. Um, and so that's how we had the idea for Ventoir. Um, I got my MBA, um, which allowed me to really work more on my business. Um, I helped consult with some businesses in India um, as a part of my MBA program. And I actually worked in advertising for eight years for a health startup um, where I led corporate partnerships um, to really improve the quality of um, African-American patients. So I've had a, a vast array of business in, in both marketing and, and healthcare and events have always been my passion. So it's been a blessing to be able to do this uh, with the Benoit. I did peek at your LinkedIn profile while preparing for this interview. So I saw some of that and I, I love what you had to say. So if I may, if you'll, you'll allow me, I'd like to quote something on there. You wrote, my purpose is to scale digital solutions that improve quality of life for marginalized and underserved groups. I think that's really a, a well put and great thing to say, but I'd love to hear what you, that means for you through your own words. Definitely. Definitely. So um, one thing I realized growing up, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, we weren't well to do <laughs> until of course my parents uh, got good jobs, but growing up poor um, really built character for me, but it also allowed me to learn about things um, such as the digital divide, um, just the ability to have the difference between my friends who had a father in a home and those who did not, right? And so um, one great equalizer that I've, I've seen in education um, is access uh, to digital solutions to the internet. Um, the high, One of the biggest determining factors of your health is your education um, and your finances, right? And so I think the great equalizer for um, underrepresented communities has been the ability to have access to information and resources and the internet has been big. And so for me, working at a, a startup for eight years that provided health information to help improve people's quality of life through just enabling them to be healthier uh, played a major role in them being able to be successful. Um, and so for me, as I look at what I can do and what I've been able to do with digital marketing to bring people together and build community, it's a complete game changer. Um, the world is only going to become more and more digital as you can see with the metaverse. And uh, we're just looking to lead that way. I, I, I caught that little MCU ver, uh, reference you made there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's get into what you're doing now with Event Noir, which is can be found online at Event Noir. Let me spell that for everybody. It's event, E-V-E-N-T-N-O-I-R-E.com. I'll put a link uh, to the website in the description of this podcast, as well as some links to some other things that you, your company's doing. Um, the tagline is where black culture and events intersect. Uh, share what led you to co-founding this. I know you have a, a background already that you were building toward this. Uh, was there an even bigger need that you saw within the black community to really have things that, that 
allowed a space for a black community and black events and black culture? hundred um, percent. One thing I realized that uh, hosting events for 15 years is that black people, we navigate events differently, right? We're not going on TripAdvisor. We're not going on uh, Yelp or Eventbrite to, to look for an event because we don't know if we're going to get in because of the, our dress code. Uh, we don't know if it's going to play the type of music that we like. Uh, we don't know if we're going to see other people there that look like us. And so anytime people want to go outside, whether my friends have traveled to New York or California, they call me and say, hey, Jeff, do you know a promoter here? Or do you know a, a, what events are going on here? Um, because there was no real tech solution out there that would enable black people to have culturally relevant experiences, um, you know, just by coming into a, a city. Um, and so I thought after getting, you know, dozens of calls every Friday night, there needs to be an opportunity, an event discovery platform that connects people to these experiences throughout the country. Right. So if I travel to Jamaica or if I travel to, or I'm traveling to Houston, I can see people who look like me because it's extremely empowering as a black person when you go in spaces where you're celebrated uh, and not just tolerated, which is often the case. That is that is um, an important point. You know, what you just said, I, I don't want to let us just zoom by that. Go to places where you're celebrated and not just tolerated. And I think a lot of um, I, I don't think I'd be speaking out of turn to say a lot of minorities may feel like that, that that's not a place that they can they can feel safe space, loved celebrated that people want to know and be with you is is that correct sometimes it feels like you're not part of things yeah i mean i, I think i can speak with that with a number of minority uh communities um there's oftentimes this you know desire to fit in right and if you don't fit in you you're 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 left out in the cold um and sometimes you just want a space where you don't have to code switch right you, yeah you don't have to you can kick your feedback you can listen to some jay-z uh, you can relax and, and have a good time, pressure free, whether it's after work or whether it's on the weekends. And I think we all need those spaces where we can feel like ourselves, um, whether it's you're in a gym or you're uh, a yoga. For me, my mental health was I could be in an event with people who look like me um, and just having casual conversation. Um, and so we want to be able to make sure we have those spaces accessible to, to, to everyone um, who looks like us and, and who loves black culture. Yeah, I, th- I think that's wonderful. And um, I think it's something that we should all alert, seek to educate ourselves in, no matter what community we're in. Um, what did it take to get this up and running? It, it had to be no easy task to launch a startup, I would guess. I would not know where to begin. Uh, of course, I'm not educated. I don't have your education and background. So give us an idea of what it took to make this happen. Oh, it took countless hours um, and a lot of uh, money lost. <laughs> doing <laughs> All right. Yeah. But my co-founder and I, we started out with our, our using our own money, um, which I for anybody looking to do a startup. Don't just throw some money at a problem that you're trying to solve. Do as much research and studying as possible and build an MVP, a minimum viable product. Uh, but for us, we started building out a company, um, really testing it out with our own events. All right. We built a platform from scratch. We spent about thirty thousand dollars on it. And we had to scrap it in month two. Um, and so it took time to educate ourselves, find the right teams, um, and consistently do tests. And you just have to get out there. We, we launched a product we worked on for two years. Um, we got constant feedback. We joined accelerators. We joined networks and groups such as um, uh, 1871, which is a tech hub um, here in Chicago, um, where we have get access to resources. We attended Afrotech. And just connected with like-minded individuals. Um, and then last but not least, we, we built outside of our network. So many people 
count on their friends to support their businesses when they first start out. But it's important that you get feedback from people who you don't know um, so that you can get honest feedback and, and innovate. So um, start with our own money, build it from the ground up. And we just didn't stop. And are, is it uh, you mentioned Jamaica? Is it is this international right now or is it national, regional? What's the area? Great question. We have we have had a number of international experiences in Accra, Ghana and uh, Lagos, Nigeria, um, as well as there's a group we, call, we work with called Lost Giddy which um, does what discover giddy, excuse me. And they do a number of uh, international trips where they're connecting folks to, but our goal is to have constant um, curators internationally who are curating events um, on event war. And I know a lot of people like to try to support or work to support black owned and operated companies. So you're not just working within the black culture. You, your whole team, or at least the leadership is black owned and operated. The company is black owned and operated, correct? Yeah, the company is black owned operated. We're glad to have a number of partners. And, and one of the great things I realized, and you have to see now about our generation, hip hop is the number one genre of music in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we have so many people from different backgrounds, whether you're white, black, Asian, Latino, who love hip hop music. And so, and also who love black culture. And so um, our events that are on our platform are not exclusive to African-Americans, um, but they're actually inclusive to everyone. Um, but it does provide an opportunity for us to celebrate black culture um, proudly. I also uh, read, because uh, I did my research, I, I try to do that. Um, I read that every industry dollar within the black community is circulated amongst the black community. It's really meant to empower creators who, this struck me, who often are underpaid or under-resourced and underappreciated. Um, in major mainstream culture. So explain how you keep those dollars. Is it just that it's within the black community? That's how you keep it in the, the, uh, how you keep it within the industry or within the community there. Explain how that kind of, that model works. So great question. Um, I'd like to use the sneaker industry as an example. It's a $79 billion industry where there's a number of black athletes who have sneaker deals, but how many of them actually own the sneaker company? One of the things that we realize is that African-Americans spend $31 billion on events annually, but there's really no premier Black-owned ticketing platform. Um, And for us, we spend a lot of money with other general market platforms, which were doing a great job, but they took money. They didn't call us and say, hey, you did a great event. We had no relationship with them. So we knew it was an opportunity to create a personal and emotional connection uh, by connecting in culture. And one of the things that we do is that we give a percentage of service fees back to the event curator. And so it's kind of a revenue share where if you host events on our platform regularly, we're going to kick you back a piece of your ticket fees. So we have organizations who've been able to raise thousands of dollars on our platform just for hosting their event on the platform because we share those ticket fees um, with the with the event curator. And in the middle of a pandemic, it's been a godsend for a lot of our customers to be able to earn extra money just for using our platform. That's uh, that's a great model. <laughs> I think a lot of people who work in this in those industries they work hard. You see them running around. Uh, so, what are your basics? What are the ABCs, so to speak, of how a business leader or event planner would use the site? Uh, number one, you just be able to go to our uh, site and sign up for an event um, via our uh, Discover Events page. So you can f- see events in Chicago, New York, Houston, Atlanta, Los Angeles that you are in a market near you. And you can actually purchase tickets for the event right on site. Uh, Now, if you're an event curator, you can sign up for an account by going to create an event and you can request an account and we'll get your account approved within 24 hours. And within minutes, you can begin selling tickets for your event. And one of the benefits is that we also 
uh, leverage Stripe as a payment platform so you can get paid out quicker every one to two days, which allows you to access your funds uh, faster uh, and be able to do what you need to do to make sure that your event is successful. Um, so very easy. Go to eventwar.com. Um, follow us on Instagram at eventwarhq, and you can sign up for an event, um, purchase tickets, or create your own experience. Yeah, and I'll put links in the description of this podcast as well. Uh, it sounds like you mentioned the fact of uh, you, you you provide some some money back for the fees. Uh, you also have other ways that you're kind of um, you, people can get their money quicker. Uh, You've, it looks like it sounds to me that you've you've identified some of the problems that you've seen in other ticketing platforms and really tried to zero in on fixing that. Is that correct? One hundred percent. We really try to create a, a cultural experience uh, as we're looking to grow. You know, right now, we're in the middle of fundraising uh, for a seed round. We want to really be able to provide content that's relevant um, to the diaspora. Uh, we want to be able to educate curators so that they can scale their businesses. Um, and we also want to help folks with, with sponsorship um, opportunities as well. Um, so a lot of what we're about is, is making sure that anybody who's our platform um, is getting value. So the sponsorship opportunities, what kind of what kind of is that? You, you help support the uh, setting setting up the event or you provide a discount or how does those, how do those work? So we actually just recently announced a partnership with the Urbane Venture Fund. And what it does is it, it gives event curators access to capital for their event. And serves as an event partner. So if you need a loan uh, for an upcoming event, or if you're looking for a partner to help front some of the expenses for your event, the Urban Venture Fund will be able to do that so that you can scale your event business. Uh, so that's one of the ways we support them. Also, from a sponsorship perspective, uh, a number of organizations have come to us and, and said, hey, I actually need sponsorship. I worked for eight years uh, in advertising industry where I work with uh, a number of Fortune 100 brands. I generate over $25 million in advertising. And so we also help people work on their pitch decks and actually, if it makes sense, uh, put them in front of potential brand partners. That's fantastic. Uh, earlier, I mentioned that you took home the top prize in the Mountain Dew Real Change Opportunity Fund competition, which was a national pitch competition. Um, and it's meant to support black entrepreneurs. But to win a national competition like that, how do you prepare and compete in something like that? And how did it feel to win the top award? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, in order to repair, it's really, uh, you know, practice makes perfect, right? Um, constant feedback on your pitch. I've been blessed to have a number of programs where I've been able to have mentors uh, and advisors that gave me a lot of feedback, but also understanding and making sure you're solving a real life problem and solution. Uh, and so for us, it was amazing to be able to compete. Um, the Mountain Dew Real Change Opportunity Fund competition um, allowed a lot of startups to get showcased who never would have got um, the type of exposure that they got. So I want to thank Pepsi for that and as well as the grant. But it, it feels amazing because we competed with over um, a thousand startups um, to, to win. Um, and it shows that what we're building is something that has utility, um, that has true value um, and with the proper funding can really change the world. That's fantastic. Congratulations on that. Um, just talking to you, I can tell that this is such a, a wonderful platform. And um, I found out about Event Noir because I was asking friends and family and people that I know and care for, do you have any great ideas for Black History Month? You know, I don't want to just pander. I would like to really talk to those who are really changing and creating awesome things in their community. And I was pointed to, toward your group. So uh, tell me from your point of view as a black man, especially one with parents who come from Nigeria, what does it mean to you, Black History Month? Why is it so such a critical time 
for us? I think it's it's an important time for the world to stop and recognize and celebrate a group of people that have contributed immensely um, to culture, uh, to building organizations and actual building countries. I mean, if you think about it, slavery was free labor that helped fuel the growth of our of our country. Right. And it's it's a it's a part of our past that we have to uh, recognize. Right. It was it's not in the history books as much as it should be. Um, but also, you know, our, there's more to it than the civil rights era in terms of history. Blacks have contributed uh, to America and to the world um, in, in many ways, sports, fashion, entertainment, music. You know, we are leaders. Um, and I think that it's important that you know, the world sees that there's an opportunity to not only embrace this, these people who have been persecuted for so long, um, but as the world becomes more diverse, there's we need to celebrate each other as, as much as possible. And so Black History Month is just our time. You know, it's the shortest, shortest month of the year, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, we, we, we still get to celebrate because you know, yes. Black is beautiful, white is beautiful, purple is beautiful. But yes. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we have to recognize that Black Americans have contributed greatly to the world. Um, and we have to recognize those contributions. And we're, we're excited to do that. And we're excited to do that with our, our white and Latino brothers and sisters. Well, I applaud all that you're doing, and I hope that uh, people go and discover more about Event Noir moving forward. But do you have any final takeaway that you'd really like those in the Black community to understand about your company? A hundred percent. One of the things that we need to be intentional about as a people um, is to support. I think there's a lot of systems in place that are meant to divide us as a people over the years. Um, Mm -hmm. The only reason segregation ended, right, was because, um, you know, other people wanted access to the economic uh, benefits of serving the black community. It wasn't because segregation was really seen as something that's wrong. Um, And if you look at the black dollar not staying in our community, it's not supporting brands that benefit. Let's just be more cognizant of supporting brands that support our community and our culture. I think that we have to hold people accountable, whether it's Gucci, whether it's uh, Fendi, whether it's Louis Vuitton. We have a powerful dollar. Let's be intentional about where we're spending it and spending it with people that support us um, because where our dollars go determines where we go. Well, I would like to apl- I'd like to applaud that because as well said and uh, congratulations on the big win. Thank congratulations so on the new company and um, happy Black History Month. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you all and happy Black History Month to you. Is It's been a wonderful discussion. Again, we've been talking today with Jeff Osuji, the co-founder and CEO of Event Noir, a premier ticketing platform where black culture and events intersect. To learn more about the company, go to eventnoir, eventnoire.com, or check the description of this podcast where I'll include a link to the website. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to connectednation.org. Or look for the latest episodes on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google, Podcast, Pandora, and other podcast platforms.